everybody, and welcome to Katie's Crib. In this episode, we are talking about going back to work. Oof, guys, for a lot of parents, this is just, it is a huge, big, monumental decision to make. Am I going back to work? When am I going back to work? How do I go back to work? Will my baby forget who I am? Oof, and if you're lucky, you were able to take a maternity leave, but it just never feels like enough time. So more than half of new moms go back to work before their babies turn one, and it can be a very tough transition for everybody in the household. So we're gonna talk to June Diane Raphael, and she stops by and shares her experiences of going back to work after she had her kids. Then we were talking to a labor and employment attorney, Janet Swerdlow, and she breaks it down. You know, what kind of legal rights expecting and new parents have in the workplace? So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Katie's Crib. I am here with my dear friend, June Raphael. We went to college together. We sure did, Katie Liz. <laughs> we sure did. We wow. also were in scene study classes together. Like years ago, did you forget? Katie, I have literally <laughs> blocked that out. With Richard. With Richard and um, Nikki? Nikki Dukas. Nikki Dukas, guys. We Honestly, were in a scene study class. the best like, scene study classes I've taken, though. Like, I feel like LA is not a great place for serious actor training. June, I'm pretty sure that that scene we did in that scene class might still go down to some of the best acting I've ever done. What was it? And no one will I have ever no memory. see it. What was it? I, don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, we are here talking to June about we, we were professional be, actors at that point. I mean, you were more than me. I'm no, like just doing like scene work on the true. side. Good we are. Us. I want to take another class. I feel the same. You have I am, and you have all of your. Guys, this like, is how really... this podcast is going to go because June and I are friendship. <laughs> we talk over each other a lot. I'm so sorry. I also no, host a podcast, I the same. and I'm forgetting it's an audio medium. Um, so, can you do me a favor for those who don't? Can you take us back to before you had kids? Like, take us through just like what a day would look like before you threw kids into the mix. Can you remember? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> I feel like I like went for walks and Ooh. yeah, I remember what I remember the most is my weekends. Yeah. Like people I think don't understand that when you're a parent, like Friday night is Sunday night for me. Like Friday night is like Sunday night's when it's like, oh, I get to go to vacation tomorrow, meaning work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> It really is true. Yeah, like the wow, weekends without child care like, are like, let's like, all right, like let's go. We got to fill up our days. We got to like make it to birthday parties, make, make it, to it to events, get parties. down the naps. Yeah, and just drive through it all. Um, you have two. I have two children. And what are their ages? Four years, just as of a few weeks ago, and twenty-one months. What is 21 months? I don't know. Is that? Okay, that's <laughs> under two years. That's Just under two years. Okay, so they're pretty close in age. They're pretty close in age, yeah. I mean, you sort of banged that out. I did. I did, which I, I recommend, although it was insane for a year. But now I'm seeing the fruits of that. Like, I'm seeing that they connect. We're in a really good time right now. That's good. You've caught me in a good, in a good, Yay. In a good season. What would you describe your work-life balance before you had kids? Like... What, what you know what I mean? Like I feel like I think when you're an actor or trying to be an actor or whatever it is out there that you're trying to do, you spend a lot of your hours getting yeah. after that. But then also you would what I, spend your weekends or Friday nights going I mean, to I movies. Don't think whatever. I'm going to say anything that's that revolutionary. But mm -hmm. I'm 
shocked at how much time I wasted. And I think that being a working mother who's creative is a really interesting challenge because there are times where I'm like, no, I have to procrastinate. I have to. It's not like I'm sitting down and doing Excel sheets. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm thinking about something or, you know, Casey and I write together, if we're pitching on whatever, there's got to be a certain amount of time built in in the creative process to fuck around. Yeah, absolutely. To talk about everything that's not related to what we should be talking about right because because it might come out of that right because that's the process Mm -hmm. and yet when you're a working parent you're like well i only have so many hours to work i gotta get it done but the creative process is not that can't be put in a box right oh that's really hard to even think about that it's a little (laughs) hard to give myself permission to just I mean, I've never done this. I don't even know why. I'm, I'm, this is what I would like to do, to be like, oh, you know what, today I'm going to go see a movie. Oh, never heard of it. I don't even watch TV anymore. It's horrifying. And I only have a seven-month-old. I mean, does that change? Will that get better? Will I ever watch TV again? Well, is he sleeping through the night? He is. is. going down? Okay, So, because you, you got your nights back to a certain extent, and then I think you start to lose them again. <sighs> like, I'm, I'm starting to, like, Gus is now going to bed at, like, eight as opposed to seven, and I'm like, ooh, he's creeping in. He's creeping, <laughs> <up>. <laughs> he's creeping into your nighttime. Um, <laughs> when you had your first kid, did you take time off? How much time? Did you feel yeah. pressure to go back to work very quickly? So when I had my first, I auditioned for Grace and Frankie at three weeks postpartum. What? Yes. Wait, what? I yes. didn't know that. And I was still in my, you know, as Ali Wong says, like the pair. The mesh panties. Yeah, the mesh panties. You were still in like your nice diaper that comes yes. along with the vaginal birth. I had a sure. very difficult birth. I was really recovering. So Casey got married two weeks after I gave birth. And I was her maid of honor. So... I had this wedding what a as bitch. like... No, I'm kidding. We love you, Casey, but seriously. No, I regret not fully being present for that wedding. You know what I mean? I was there, but I was like a... I was like um, Weekend with Bernie's, like... <laughs> I felt like it was like being moved around. In sunglasses. Yeah, this, pretty much. Yeah, but that's not like your fault. I know. You're but a shell was, of a human. And I, I just felt like I was a witness more than I was a participant, it was just in a crazy moment in my life. So you guys, for those of you who don't know, I'm referencing Casey do, Wilson, yes, former guest, former guest, and Dear former friend. NYU friend, but and very good friend of June's. But also, June has a phrase. What do you call the first few months post baby? The dark times. Yeah, she calls them the dark times. <laughs> which when I first had my son and we first spoke, and I was so in it, you were like, yeah. "Oh yeah, you're in the dark times." <laughs> Which you yeah. have labeled as so. I think they are. It's night. It is a <laughs> constant state of night. And like, it's just, there's no beginning or end to the night. It's all nighttime. It's all nighttime. So did you go back to work? So once so, you booked Grace, so you were auditioning quickly. Like so you didn't... I auditioned. That was the only thing I was going to audition for because they, like I got the script and I saw the part. And it, it is very interesting sometimes when you read something that the lines come easily. I so I actually didn't spend much time rehearsing like memorizing the lines, which I think is telling because it just was, I was like, oh, I, I know how to do this. I memorized them in like two minutes and went in. When I went, I remember going to the audition and it was such a feat to get there, to go to Paramount for my house. How did you leave your house? And I was like breastfeeding and I was just like, I left, it was the first time when I left for that audition that Gus had a bottle with breast milk in it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> how, who did you leave him with? Paul. Your husband. <laughs> my husband. But how I, did you feel leaving and so, getting behind the wheel of a car? Because so I feel hus- like this so is Paul huge. was there. My dad was there and with his girlfriend because he had come to Casey's wedding. So mm. he was there. And so when I came back, they were, I went to the audition. I was, again, Bernie, you know, just like going through it. My hair was in a bun, giant bun on the top of my head. Nice, cute. But it was all I could do, you know. And I did the scene twice. I did both scenes one time each and then left. And was so proud, was so not about the audition. Mm. Which is yep. like, God, if I could bring that into my other work, I know. it was like the least of my concerns. Um, and then I came back and I remember driving the top of our street and I saw like Gus at three weeks old in the baby carriage like, with my dad and Paul and he was so happy. By the way, my breastfeeding whole like journey with Gus was a disaster and I realized now like I was starving him. Because he had a full bottle and was like the happiest it ever been. So it was like the first time I left him, I came back, I was like, oh, I guess you've just been hungry. <laughs> Guys, breastfeeding literally Oops. is the hardest thing in the entire world. It's the hardest you thing. You know in the entire what world. I resent? I think I said this to you, Katie, but like, I, okay, the push in healthcare to get all moms breastfeeding, like, yes, yes, yes. Save for this. There's no infrastructure to support it in the real world. There is no, like, Every public space, sorry, I'm screaming. No, I love it. Scream away. <laughs> Should have a lact- private lactation area in this country. Period. Period. Every public space, every workspace, I don't give a fuck. You can first. So, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, that's how I feel about that, which is like, how dare you push women so hard from their doctors to their pediatricians to every sort of like resource that's out there that this is the best thing and then provide no support in the world for it. It's criminal. So I struggled through it and had bought into like, oh, there's no other way. Mm. I can't give bottles. Well, you can. Well, (laughs) you can. (laughs) Well, you can. Um, And they're great. So pretty early on, you got behind the wheel of a car and drove and left your house and like, became a presentable human being. And do you remember, I can remember the first time leaving and driving back being like, I'm a mom? Like that's my identity now as I walk through this world and I don't know who the fucking hell I am. I know. Like it's so weird. So and now crazy. I don't even remember those times like at all. Did you, um, what was your help, assistance, babysitter, family, husband at home? What, yeah. what has been your infrastructure? I'm curious from baby one to baby two. From what I can tell, child raising with the, all the help if you're a working mother it just turns into a crap ton of logistics mm-hmm. it's <laughs> managing people's schedules it yeah. is so how tell me about finding um help a nanny how did that make you feel yeah I was mean, that a decision that you and paul had made previous to yeah we did but with such little um education on what a the work the rights of domestic workers are and you know what it is like to be an employee to domestic workers in california and just simply what you know we were taking other responsibilities we were taking on as employers which i think a lot of moms do not understand Mm. and i wish there was more education on Mm. there's a domestic rights act that passed in 2014 there are legally um like i've now printed out that 
you know. Oh my God, right, I don't know anything like, about this. Right, but but because most moms don't, right. and yet most moms—not most moms, but a lot of moms—are employers, mm-hmm. and so I definitely struggled in that department. With I hired someone before I had the baby and had no idea what I needed or wanted and was like, do you know how to do CPR? She was like, yes. I'm like, I'll see ya. My question was, do you know, (laughs) my question was, do you know how to handle a circumcision? Like literally, like, and now people know I'll be circumcised, but he is like, I was literally like, do you know how to handle that? Because like, I'm really freaked out and don't want to deal with that. Great. You do. You're hired. (laughs) See you Monday. (laughs) No idea. No idea. No idea. Mm-hmm. And what I found is... So you didn't use like a nanny service. I didn't. I ended up oh, doing you did. that. Okay. And I found um, a nanny who... I ended up doing that because I had I made a misstep earlier on and uh, with the woman I hired, it was not the right fit. Mm-hmm. Personality-wise. How'd you know? Just personality-wise. Personality-wise, I felt like I was a new mom. There was a lot of judgment coming my way and I couldn't handle it she was not supportive of breastfeeding and she made me feel really badly and she would do like voices as Gus she'd be like I'm hungry mama what and I am hungry (laughs) I haven't eaten and I was like "Ah, wait what and I will say it wasn't the right fit but I did try to have many conversations with her you know here's the thing I'll say about like bringing someone into your life to support you. I really believe that there are so many unbelievable domestic workers and nannies who who make, you know, working mothers' lives possible and it's a beautiful relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's also a professional relationship and should be treated as such. I agree. And I think we live in a world where it's like the work is devalued and so it is not given the professional treatment that it should be mm-hmm. and boundaries are crossed and they don't have an HR department to go to and it's so new so moms are like confusing. taking on this thing that they don't even and I really wish there was more support both for domestic workers and for mothers and parents on how you know to this should this really be a class like of course oh like God. you know in LA we're very fortunate and for you guys listening like you know there are a lot of classes offered in childbirth, mm-hmm. you know, how to do a diaper, how to yeah. do a swaddle, things like that. But there really are no classes offered in oh, how to look to for an nanny, yeah. how to take care of a nanny, how to really nurture and put boundaries up, yep. like set yourself as a leader or yes. a follow, like whatever it is. Yes. You know, it is a very, very, very interesting and tricky. And I'm saying from both sides because I was a nanny for eight yeah, so years. Yes, you get from the other side too. I mean, I, I wasn't a nanny, but I was a babysitter. And so understand like it's a the domestic space you're walking into it's a very interesting thing to navigate so I was fortunate enough very early on I mean Gus was only three months to find the woman who I love and adore and who I respect and it has made my life possible and she's still with you she's still with me oh my and gosh she will be with me till the day I die <laughs> Um, she is wonderful. She is uh, very, very lucky to have her. And she is truly both taking care of my children and taking care of me in doing that. And the thing that I find most important is my relationship with her. It's mm-hmm. like she's great with the kids, of course. Mm-hmm. But I am so proud of the relationship we have that we've worked on. That's you know? incredible. Like we have have like, you gone through conflicts before yes, that you've we had have. to? Yeah. And we've had like, 
you know, we do it a little less frequently now, but in the beginning when it was just Gus and I didn't have the second, like we would have a meeting once a month. Oh my God, I need to do that. Yeah, I'm just like, I want to hear how is this going for you? What do you, is there anything you want to talk about? Here's here's a couple things that I want to talk about. Like it's a job. (laughs) It is. What was it like the first time you ever left your home, your kid to go to work? And how did you feel and how did others make you feel? So the first day I went to work was on Grace and Frankie and I had a clogged duct. Motherfucker. The first day I went to work was on Grace and Frankie and I had a clogged duct. Motherfucker. And I was literally I get it. I've had four. I'd never had one before, so I didn't know what was happening. And I remember being in the makeup trailer, just like getting ready to do a scene with Jane. And I was like, I might, my nipple is, the sh- there was like shooting pain. And I was texting oh, my lactation helper. Yeah. And she was like, you must sterilize a needle. What? And then pop it. And I, I had was like, never heard of this and I've had four clogs. I have I'm heard. I'm sorry. It, okay, so it was what they call a bleb. Oh, which that is like, I don't have. What is that? What is that? It's a little white thing. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I can't do that. I'm working. So I worked With through. With Jane Fonda. Yes, I worked through the day. This breast, I'll never was a rock. Oh, yeah. It was a rock. I couldn't pump out of it. It was shooting Stuck. pain. Yeah. Yeah. So then like having to explain to the ADs, like I have to go pump. And this is all, when I talk about like lactation rooms, it's also just educating people on like, you have a working mother, you know, it, I would get so fucking mad at the ADs. They would get on their talkies and be like, um, June has to go do her thing. (gasps) And I'm like, I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm going to pump breast milk. Yeah. Like, like uh, say whatever, it. what are we, t- like, yeah, yeah. breast, yeah. like, yeah. what, this is so stupid. Oh my God. I had such an, I'm so, I mean, Shondaland, that is not the experience of Shondaland at yes. all with our AD department. Oh my God. Now I had support from, I had support from other people for sure, but like, I felt I had to like really navigate that with some mm. of the just When te- you said goodbye to Gus the first time, did it feel like a thing or did it not even feel like a thing? Like you were in work mode and it was like easy for you or was well, so it like... I was dealing with that rock hard breath. <laughs> oh, so right. All of your attention was so on I the bleb. I was in so much pain. And then I went home and the lactation consultant was like, nurse him, nurse him. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And so he was like, ah, like trying to get on the nipple. And I was just in so, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And of course I felt, and I was like crying. Yeah. My mother-in-law was over and she had, she was, she's an RN. She and had the so, sterilized so needle. She was like, I'm going to, you know, I'll do it for you. And we sat in my bathroom and she fucking put a needle in my nipple. And ow, the, ow, I'm ow, sorry ow, to say, I'm ow. sorry. No, no, it's And uh, then the craziest thing happened. So, can you, if you can imagine this tiniest stream of milk popping out of your nipple, like, but like projectile steady no but like a pin like so thin like a pin and i just had to empty it (laughs) (laughs) you guys motherhood is Forever. Forever, because it was like... It had been building up all day for like 12 hours. you couldn't see it, because it was like, it would be so small. It was, yeah. But it was a steady stream that I had to... Forever. That I had to get out. 
<sighs> leaving Gus, I mean, I, honestly, Katie, I don't even remember. The, the moment I remember, it was like the moment you're talking about the identity shift, was I think he was probably like maybe four weeks old or so. And the first like night out Paul and I did, we mm-hmm. went to Billy Joel was performing at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was our first night out and sitting there and thinking, I'm, I will never be alone with my own thoughts again. I will be me inside this head of mine and then I'll be with him. Mm-hmm. And it was this like, I felt like I was being split in two. It was really intense and it was really an identity shift that I can only say like you'll go through Maybe the last time was like puberty of like, oh, I'm not a baby anymore. Right, right, right. You know, I it's didn't feel that with marriage or anything. Oh, like, either I didn't feel with marriage. No, I didn't feel. We, I had been without him forever. You'd too. been with Paul forever. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, that big of a difference. It was that, and I felt like I had to really grieve that time alone with myself. Mm. I remember, like, I when I first had Albie, I really didn't connect to him quickly. And so I had a night nurse and I felt bad because I had had other friends that had had a night nurse, but they had after three nights said, you know what? We don't need it. We don't want someone else in our house. We really, we we don't really, I want to do this on my own. So I thought that was gonna be my experience. And yet I didn't connect to Albie. So the night nurse would come every night and I would happily pass him off. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, please take him. I don't like this. I don't know what I'm doing. This is like literally the least fun I've ever had. This is the dark times. Okay. And then at about six weeks, I started to go back to work slowly and we had our nanny and simultaneously, it's kind of when I fell in love with Albie and Mm -hmm. I remember her giving him a bath and I wanted to wring her fucking neck. Like like yeah. I just was like the mama bear came out of me. Like he's mine, he's mine, he's mine. It's my responsibility. I'm supposed to be the one taking care of him. You're not supposed to be taking care of him. That has since then yeah. completely faded. <laughs> but at first, I had a really hard time just watching somebody else take care yeah. of my kid. Now I don't know if it's because my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I felt yeah. like I felt like she did a great job, and I was somewhat failing. It's a lot of the pressure we put on ourselves. It's really. It's yeah. Have you found it's that crazy. judgment as far as being a working mom and having <sighs> your nanny come with you places, mm-hmm. or? Yes, I think that's been hard to navigate, but um, it gets it's gotten a lot easier. And I will say, I have a very easy child. I have a very easy older child, mm-hmm. and the baby is very like f- forgiving of me. So I haven't felt like I remember Gus went through a period though where I was working a lot where I would come home and he would be angry with me. And someone told Ooh, I me I haven't found that yeah. oh god that is going to just but, break my heart. Yeah, and he would like withhold. And that How'd was you work really through that? hard for me. So so much of what I'm realizing for myself is like I have to come in on top and just say, you know, you're really mad at me. You're really mad. And I can handle that. Like, tell me more. That's so you're good. You're really upset. Has like, he ever, like, ran to the, run to the nanny over you? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And, like, I know we say in our yeah. heads, but that's good, right? Because it's just yeah. good that more people love your nanny. You don't want him to not like your nanny. Yeah. But, like, or your babysitter, no, but does it break it your heart at all? Side. Of course, but I think the flip side is a better way for me to handle it, which is like, you feel safe to reject me. 
you can reject me because guess what motherfucker i'm always here <laughs> you know what i mean wow like, that is a huge lesson yeah, that you are helping like you, me you can reject me with because i can handle it because i'm the big person and you're the little person and i'm gonna put on my big girl pants and say like it's only because you love me so much and you know i'm so unconditionally I'm loving that always you can reject here me. so bring all of your bad feelings to me like you feel safe and that is the truth that if they can reject you it's because they feel safe too because they know, like a lot of times I think with moms and dads, like the dads will sometimes get like the love and even though they're not there as much, but it's like the moms get the other stuff too. It's whoever is not there yeah. a lot because all the homes I've babysat in, like moms, dads, moms, moms, whoever was away, the yeah. baby or would always sort of put that parent on a pedestal yeah. because they because know the they other one's always there. And- always there. They can kind of treat them like garbage. This is a huge thing for me to remember. Will you remind me of this the first time I call you crying? And I'm like, he just ran to Miriam. And you know what? He will. And that's okay. It's less to me about like, oh, he feels safe with her. I'm sure that he does. And there's just this absolutely safe and warm and nurturing person. And there's love there. Right. But I think there's also a way to say like, I support your relationship with her. And you should have that. And I want that. And I am the, your primary relationship, so you can bring all of your nasty, negative feelings to me. Oh, that makes me feel way better. Did you find that, did you feel any fear or judgment as far as like a maternity leave? Like, did you have to I come would... to terms with it? Because I had a problem. I had a hard time. Like, I remember being like, oh, God, am I going to tell people I'm pregnant who I work with? You know, mm-hmm. like, are they going to treat me differently because mm-hmm. they know I'm pregnant? Do they mm-hmm. think that I'm less than? You know, some some yeah. people think of pregnancy as a disability or Definitely, like. yeah. Did you find that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Like, I do believe women pay a motherhood tax. It's just true and there's data so to support it and... Um, that we are literally like rearing the next generation for this like economy and we do so much work that's on paid labor and we are not, you know, it's really not valued. And the same way pregnancy is seen as like a disability, motherhood is seen as like a disability and companies see it as a bottom line that they have to pay for. Mm. Um, I really hope that changes and think that needs to change, especially as like, more and more women are in the working force than ever. And yet we have like created no structure for them to succeed in it. Um, so I know there's this yeah. whole thing about like women can have it all, which means like you can work and be a mom and be great at both. Right. The but it's really not supported. Like, it's saying women can, women can have it all in a framework that was not, not built to support them in any way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's problematic. Did you have separation anxiety? Um, I went through a really hard time when Gus went into preschool because he had a hard time. Oh, crap. Preschool. So Tell me about this. It wasn't as much as the oh, early no. days for me. The preschool separation was harder for me. Oh, God. To, like, see him crying and have to, like, have teachers pry him off of me and walk away. <laughs> June, I am, like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. not And also walk away for with that. confidence. Oh. With, like, a happy face. I, 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 I remember going back to Scandal and having, staring at the monitor because there was a night nurse there because I had to go to work at four o'clock in the morning and calling my mom saying, you need to be on a plane tomorrow because 
I know this, I don't really know this person watching my son and she's going to shake him. I was convinced yeah. she was going to shake him and give him brain damage. It was what I was, it was like a hundred percent the yeah. bad movie that was on repeat in my head. And that was like my total anxiety that I was like, I've worked so hard for 10 months carrying this baby inside me. I pushed him out of my vagina. Now I'm handing him over to someone who's going to wreck the whole thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about, I think it's amazing because you are really amazing at talking about being a working mom. Can you tell us another way in which you are helping this whole world of being a working mom and explain a little bit about the Jane Club? Absolutely. So really when I had my second... You're putting your money where your mouth is. I know. Well, I, I feel like I've created something that I personally have needed you know, that's sometimes where the best ideas come from. It's just like, oh, I just simply needed this. When I had my second, I, I was, I'm writing a book right now and I could not find a place to write. And I created, we like turned our guest house into an office and they find, you know, the kids find us out there. And it's just been really challenging for me to like work. work. And so many more people are working in mobile ways, right? And not checking into like nine to fives. So I, along with my co-founder, Jessino, we've created what we call the Jane Club, which is inspired by Jane Addams of the Hull House in Chicago, who did so much amazing work for women. But essentially, we are a work and community space with an emphasis on the working mother and women in general. So we provide a work space where there's childcare offered. So... Again, a very basic concept, but one that has not been done. What we also do is we really try to take care of like the whole woman. So we're kind of, we want her to feel like she's walking into a hotel, like a five-star hotel when she comes in. So yes, we will take care of her children, but we will also do her children's laundry. And we will also, if she chooses, send her home with a meal to put in the oven because, and we will also like get her car washed and, you know, all I mean, is this real life? Things. It sounds like heaven. Right. But, but you know, I think when we talk about women and the things that they do, it can seem like menial, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're probably in your household in charge of all of those things mm-hmm. and the schedules and, like, the corporation you run mm-hmm. from one baby, you mm-hmm. know, like, all of it. Running the household is running, running a corporation yes, for sure. Right. But we – but when we also try to understand why women don't run for – office why women don't you know um risk in terms of like startups and why there are so few women ceos and we talk about why we're not going to the next level of dreaming like the impossible you know i feel like we have to we have to have an honest discussion about motherhood and the other jobs that we're doing be it taking care of children or also taking care of elderly parents which i have done and you know it is unpaid labor that is not accounted for that most women are doing. God, and so, you are so blowing my mind yeah, right so now. Yeah, so it's like when we we talk about these things, there's an assumption that that work is being done. And we don't ask women how they're doing it. We just assume it's being done, even if they have help. And if you spend, um, you know, Carrie always said to me, Carrie Washington always said when we talk about like running the business of, of you and your family and things like yeah. that, if you're spending all of your time maintaining... Yes. You can never grow. Yes. And so women 
whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom or whatever it is, it's this constant, I'm five minutes behind, I'm yes. five minutes behind, I'm five minutes behind, because you're, you're just yes. maintaining yes. the day-to-day life. And so there's no space for you to, go to grow and, yes. to go and to dream and to maybe Absolutely. go for like a bigger goal that you might have set for yourself. Absolutely. So, so the big sort of piece of what we offer is that separate childcare that's on site. Our mothers are there with us. We are incubating a space in Larchmont right now where our investors are and our executive team are. And we have some friends just coming over so we can sort of test our services with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not paying members. We're opening up another location in LA. I'll come back on once we do and we can talk about it. Yes. Uh, for paying members to really take this idea and like, you know, make sure many, many women have access to it. Because the, you know, it, it's it's very, it's a very real problem, right? And And I say this from also a position of privilege. Like there are many women who neither afford nannies nor daycare and have small children and have to so my dream is this expands to a level where it's affordable and accessible to all women Mm -hmm. um but we're really we're totally funded by women in our community um and i'm really happy about that but but i feel like the the conversations that are being had right now about sexual harassment in the workplace and you know, all of this stuff is so incredibly important. And also, we need to start talking about, like, mothers in the workplace and parents and and the new ways in which we can create space for them. Because I believe that we're not tapping into, like, all of women can, well, all of what women, women can do. do. If you were going to give a piece of advice to a working mom, that is the worst question ever because yeah. how would you narrow it down to one thing? But what comes to mind? What do you wish you had known or so someone told me something about boys and working mothers i have like no i cannot cite this data so i'm just going to say it i don't know where it came from but i choose <laughs> to believe it which is that um i had a working mother mm-hmm. and i was very close to my mother and also wanted more time from her right i did wow. so i can say that very honestly but i am so glad that i had that model for myself Mm-hmm. And, you know, I believe, so the data that I'm talking about, though, is something about raising boys. We're both raising boys sure. until they tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. But for now, they're, I'm identifying them as boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might, of course, may change. But so, but I do believe, especially for for children who identify as boys, that, and this is the data that I'm thinking of, their views on women are completely like they're way more progressive if they've had a working mother in both the way that they are then going to marry and support their partners and parent so that like kind of mic drop on that you're really helping me get away from the guilt that i feel i will say this to working mothers and because i'm trying to do this and it's not easy and that's why i'm like created the jane club is to try to really um you know push this idea is that we don't we can ask for a lot more and we should be asking for a lot more and it does cost corporations money and they do have a bottom line that they're going to worry about and you know what like they need to pay up because (laughs) i don't believe we're asking for like nearly enough you know we need to be asking for of course equity when it comes to our paychecks yep you know and women of color are paid even less than white women but also we need to be asking for um, reasonable working hours for parents. We need to be asking about childcare 
uh, you know, the FTC We need to be asking passed. for longer maternity leaves. We, we need, need to be, be asking, asking for paternity for leaves. We need to be more. asking for all that. So, like, when we say, like, oh, yeah, it's so great. I got three months. It's like, let's not stop there. I know. Because, because three months, you're still not a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most oh developing God. countries, I mean, if you look at where we fall, it, it's, it's just abysmal abysmal it's like yeah. really embarrassing i didn't get so. it until i got there when i was on the other side when i was pregnant i thought three months would be yeah. too much but good lord i mean i'm yeah. just starting to yeah. feel like myself just yeah i mean course. if i had lived in one of those countries where it's maternity and paternity leave for a year, a year. i think i would feel not only yeah. very connected to my child but also super ready to yeah. like get back out there well because we don't consider it an investment in our future right? It's considered a drain on the workforce, not as though you are, I mean, and to talk about this just in like in terms of the economy, I mean, it's really fucked up. It's like, it's not considered like we're investing in our future mm. um, because the work women do is severely undervalued. And that the care, caregiving, and I say that for women in terms of caregiving of elders and small children, I say that about domestic workers too. It's just undervalued. I gotta go. You're amazing. That was so amazing. <laughs> you got to go to work. That's essentially where you're go going. <laughs> Thank you, June. Thank you for coming on. You are okay. the loveliest. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to welcome a lovely, lovely, amazing person by the name of Janet Swerdlow. And excuse me, guys, but it is real early on the Katie's Crib today. It's like 7 a.m. and Janet's already dropped her daughter off at her middle school around the corner. So we are doing this this section of Katie's Crib at 7 a.m. when my voice is like a bass. Janet, um, tell us what you do for a living. So I'm an employment attorney. And I work here in Los Angeles, California, and I advise employers on how to comply with the laws that pertain to the workplace. Amazing. So can you tell us, um, what is the legal, this is going to be really fun because I think I've played a lawyer on television a bunch of times (laughs) and I just make pretend that I don't really know anything about this. What's the legal definition of maternity or family leave? What is that? So there really isn't, as far as as far as maternity leave goes what people typically consider maternity leave is really a pregnancy disability leave so it basically says that if somebody is disabled by pregnancy then they're entitled to a leave and in california we have a very specific pregnancy disability leave law and all over the country there's the family and medical leave act and that also covers women who are disabled by pregnancy so that's typically what you think what I think of when I think of what is maternity leave. So does that mean does that mean okay so obviously my brain is like about to explode because I you know it's hard to like even imagine pregnancy as a disability. Right. Right? So like already my brain is like short circuiting like why is it called that? I don't understand. Um because I worked up until I was I think 9 and a half months pregnant or something very physically working. Yes. Um so do you mean like if you have a pregnancy that's like you're on bed rest, that's considered a maternity leave? Or like, no, like just the fact that you're pregnant is the disability and you get a certain amount of leave. Like, can you... So yeah, no, it's the, it's the former. So if you're pregnant, 
at some point you're probably, you know, that you're going to, and it may be that you're not disabled at all up until the time you actually deliver the child. Yep. Um, and that's very common. Typically, it's really what your doctor says. Um, but it's it, so typically doctors will say, you know, a couple of weeks before your due date, uh -huh. they'll give you a note that will say this, you know, my patient is now disabled by pregnancy and can't return to work until four to six weeks after delivery. Um, the pregnancy disability can also be if somebody has severe morning sickness. Um, it could cover you if wow, you're... Wow, yeah. that's really good to know because that is very debilitating to some women who are just like right. over the toilet for months. Yeah, that's absolutely. Horrible. And also... So if you've got cover... a doctor's note saying my patient is severely struggling with nausea or something, then you could be covered and get compensated? There's no... It's, it, these leaves are unpaid. Um, but you know, typically an employee may still have some pregnancy, some sick leave available and they can use their sick leave towards that. Um, and you know, for things like morning sickness, in my experience, employers aren't going to require notes for all of that. Um, and sometimes they don't even count it against because there's a maximum amount of pregnancy disability leave you can get under federal law. It's 12 weeks here in California, it's four months. So most employers don't even track the times when you're when uh, and when a pregnant woman is out due to like a pregnant uh, morning sickness. Got it. Um, but it it can also cover periods after the pregnancy. So for example, if you have um, some postpartum depression, depression, mm -hmm. that also can be covered as part of the pregnancy disability period. Wow, so good to know. So. Every workplace has to have an official maternity leave policy, is that correct? Um, it depends on the size of the employer. Under federal law, so once you're outside of California, it, you're only really necessarily protected uh, if you work at a work location where the company has 50 or more employees. Now, uh, there's some states that also have their own laws that will cover people that work at smaller employers. And here in California, so long as you work in a place where there's five or more employees, then you're covered. Five or more for California and for all states, 50 or more, but could be varying at different exactly. states. Exactly. Okay. Um, can you walk us through, in Katie's crib terms, and I don't mean that to our listeners, I mean literally me, like okay. <laughs> what Family and Medical Leave Act is it known as FMLA? Yes. Okay. Can you um, walk us through that and how it impacts um, lives of new parents or expecting parents? Absolutely. So, so actually, under the Family and Medical Leave Act, there's a provision that provides for employees to have 12 weeks off of an unpaid leave to bond with their newborn. Mm -hmm. So that's that may be what a lot of people are thinking of in their minds when they talk about maternity leave. So this can cover fathers and mothers, um, and it provides, again, 12 weeks of unpaid leave to bond and care for your newborn. So as soon as your child is born, then you can get 12 weeks off to care for that newborn. Wow. And that would so cover it's a paternity, maternity, significant other, any. Um, it it depends on your state about the significant other. Mm. Um, if if they're registered domestic partners, they should be covered. Got it. Beyond that, um, then it's not well. If it's if it's the employee's child, uh -huh. they don't need to be. You know, they, then they get yes. it. Right. Got it. Um, what's what? It, now that my brain is is 
kind of recovering from the from the pregnancy disability situation. <laughs> I don't know why that's so crazy. I have such images of Kerry Washington on set being super pregnant. Um, and, you know, her doing like amazing Livia Pope things and like being down to grab her Prada bag or something. And everyone in the crew rushing over to like help her up. And her being like, no, 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 I can do this myself. I'm not disabled. Like, that's just like the image that keeps coming to yeah. my mind. Um, can you tell us the difference between maternity leave and short-term disability? That there is a difference? In- so so the disability coverage, it's it's really more of like a, it's, it's, there's almost, I, I believe all the states have a, a, a state disability insurance program. California certainly does. And most states have that program. And what that is, is that's just a way of providing some income supplement during the period that you're out on a pregnancy leave. Right. And it varies from state to state how much that is. Is it in direct correlation to what you make? Um, It's very similar to like unemployment insurance. Mm. So usually it's a certain percentage of your normal compensation up to some legal maximum. Got it. And how far in advance do does one go about getting that and figuring out what that is like who do you call so typically you would there's the here in california your employer would give you some information about that Mm. um but you would want to go to your whatever your state there in each state there should be some government agency that handles that here in california it's the employment development department and there would be something, and I think you could probably, wherever you are, you can Google your state and then disability insurance program. And I would imagine that it would come up pretty easily. You'd find the government website that would give you information about that. Can lead you to some phone number or yes. somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, is leave different if, if there's um, birth versus adoption or surrogacy or or like a foster care situation or someone's adopted somebody do they still get the 12 weeks like how does that work yeah that would still you'd still get if you're covered if you work for an employer that's covered by the family and medical leave act Mm -hmm. um, and there's certain requirements for the employee to receive the benefit they have to have worked there a certain at least a year and at least uh, 1,250 hours in the last 12 months assuming that they're eligible for it then that would cover um, bonding with any child that's been placed with you for w- whether it's adoption, whether it's foster care, mm. or whether it's just a birth. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Um, what happens if the parent, right, is home and is like, screw this, I can't go back to work? Like, they, you know, they've decided not to return. Are there any, how are they protected? Like how, how, what are the penalties of that? Like I'm I'm sure that there are people that come to the end of the three months. And like you said, maybe they're actually struggling with some real stuff physically, who knows, maybe mentally, who knows, or what if their whole lives have just gone through like a major change and they don't want to go back to work? Like what happens? So during, if somebody is out on family and medical leave, mm. even though I mentioned that it was an unpaid leave, the employer still has to continue to provide you with group health benefits to the same extent that you were receiving them before you went out on the leave. So the, what could happen possibly is, is under the Family and Medical Leave Act, if you don't return to work from your leave and stay employed by the employer for 30 days, 
then the employer has the right to come after you and require you to reimburse them for the money that they spent maintaining your group health benefits. But there's an exception to that. So the exception is, is if the reason you're remaining out on leave is because there's, there's the recurrence of a serious health condition, if you have, if there's some kind of serious health condition. So for example, say you're suffering from postpartum depression, mm -hmm. that would fall under that. Um, if the child had some kind of serious illness, that would, that would govern, that would, that would, uh, create the exception. Also, there's also a more general exception, which is if there's circumstances beyond the employee's control. So in my experience, I've never seen an employer actually come after to, those yeah. three months of, of like, you owe me this. It's like, um, can we have a soul and a heart? Okay. Right. I've never seen any. I've seen many situations where the employee doesn't return, but I've never seen a situation where the employer tried to recover that. Wow. Interesting. Um, in your experience, like you said, how um, do the laws protect new parents from being like fired? Does you know? I know that can sort of be a touchy thing for women. It's really interesting being an actor in Hollywood. Like here I am working at Shondaland, which is literally the greatest place you could ever be pregnant. I think my biggest mistake was that I didn't have like all of my babies with Shonda Rhimes <laughs> as my boss, um, but. It's bizarre that the minute I got pregnant was the minute I, in my head, I said, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. I mean, it's insane how I don't know why that is culturally or has been kind of burned into my brain of like, oh man, like you're not going to be wanted in the workplace as soon as somebody finds out you're pregnant. It's, it's really bizarre. Um, and I know I'm not alone in thinking that because my friends have had the same fears. So what um, are there laws to protect actually like new parents from being fired while they're on leave? Like how do they know that their job is, will be there when they get back from those 12 weeks or should they need longer? So the law, the same law that entitles employees to these like family and medical leave and in, and in many states they're their own state either equivalent to the family and medical leave law or a separate pregnancy disability leave law. Um, these laws also provide protections against being retaliated against for exercising your right to take these leaves. Mm. So, um, and there's also um, under uh, federal law, you can't discriminate discriminate against uh, people because of their gender. And pregnancy is considered and falls under falls the gender under discrimination. The gender discrimination. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, so there is there's a lot of protection for employees who. You know, when, if they're ready to return to work after, and they've, you know, they haven't exceeded what they're legally entitled to as far as leave, um, from being subject to being terminated. Wow. So what? So someone could get somebody in, like you really shouldn't. That shouldn't be a worry. Like being fired while on maternity leave. Like there are laws, and you can be protected against that. That's right. Um, when did that all come into play? Like, oh, that's been a, well. The Family and Medical Leave Act, which you know we're talking about the whole country, mm. that was uh, actually the first bill that Bill Clinton signed when he wow. came into office, and and that was back in that that that's that act was signed in 1991. Wow. So it's this has been the law for a long time, and um, many states have you know, and and the the gender discrimination <coughs> has been around for a very long time. So since laws, I know you really specialize in California, um, but for those listening who live in other places, what are good resources that new parents and parents-to-be to check out their rights? Because I have to admit, like, again, being an actor, 
I totally dealt with unemployment and being on and off unemployment for years. It's like totally how I survived. Um, was that check for $250 every once in a while would make or break sometimes the difference, like for sure. Um, but it was a, re- I mean, sometimes I thought it was a full-time job just keeping my unemployment yeah. because the times I would have to go to the unemployment office and show up and wait in line for a long time or wait on the phone for four hours or something. Is it similar when like parents to be have to check out their rights or how they get compensated or go to that, or go to a website and find a number to call? Is it just the most tiring process or is it pretty easy to just say, I have maternity leave, I'm due around this time, how do I get paid? Like, I don't know, it seems daunting to me for some reason. So, so the first place that, you can, that, that people can go to to find out about their rights for these leaves would be a starting point would be the the US Department of Labor's website okay. because that's where the that's where they're enforcing the Family and Medical Leave Act um, and then the other places you know again it would just be googling yeah. uh, you know that's probably the easiest way to find it um, you know state disability or you can look for you know leave family and medical leave pregnancy leave and um, and then when you after you do your search, go to government websites and for information. Um, as far as how you know logistically to do that in California, it seems to me that those days I don't know about unemployment insurance, but when I know I personally when I went out on my pregnancy leave, mm-hmm. um, I everything was just done through the mail. Um, now it's probably all on the on the internet on the right. website, <laughs> right? Right. Because I definitely didn't go in anywhere to fill out any forms for a disability oh my God. during through the mail. Holy crap! Yeah, so, <laughs> I know. I'm sure it's, it's. I mean, my daughter's 13 now, so it's, wow. Um, so and then you know, in some states, you know, in California, during the bonding leave portion, you know, after the pregnancy disability is over and you're just taking time off to bond with your child, um, we have also something sort of like unemployment um, where the state, you are also getting some income supplement during that period of time. Mm. So people ought to check and see if in their states they also provide some kind of uh, state um, income. Some sort of uh, supplement that yeah. you can get weekly or whatever Exactly, it is. during the time that you're taking off to bond with the newborn. It really sounds like this is such important work that women and their partners really need to do before before they give birth, you know, like a couple months before really make sure they've covered their bases and as much as a pain that this Googling might be and might be something on your list that you push off till the end and the end and the end. I'm speaking for myself, yeah. like that would totally have been how I dealt with it, but you really got to put in the time and, and like make sure you get what you des- you know, get what you can get. Yeah, see, the, your employer is, is also a good place to start. Because sure, they, they, they will, will know have, and have been through yeah. it maybe before, especially if you're at a company or something. Yeah, and there are certain forms that they're supposed to give you, which give you guidance um, on how to file claims and so forth. So, Got it. And, My, and their policies. It's so crazy that it's, that it's, that it's 12 weeks. I mean... I don't know. Do you have any idea why that number was picked, or why no, I don't know why it's well, three months? No, I I do not know why. Um, but in you know some like in California, if you combine your pregnancy leave with your three months of bonding leave, 
you know, if you're if there's if, if you have a very complicated pregnancy you where can you get really six are, months. you can yeah. get a total of seven months actually. So oh wow yeah the four months for pregnancy leave and then followed by twelve weeks after the child is born and you're no longer disabled. Oh, I wish yeah. that was for every state. Yeah, but it's not automatic. Again, no, you, you gotta be, you gotta right. you gotta really you know do your research and your due diligence and get and, covered for that. Yeah, and be and have a doctor say you're actually disabled for four months and you need this. Well, yeah, but it's so nice to know that that's even there for. Yeah. I mean. I had a very, very normal labor and pregnancy, um, no, you know, major alarming things. And I mean, 12 weeks was still not enough. So, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just, I really felt, Adam always talks about his paternity leave and he, it was such a beautiful time with him and he, and he, because my husband also took off three months um, and it was very important to him, which I love that about him, but he really felt he loved those 12 weeks and I did not I I thought those 12 weeks were completely not a bonding time with my son at all it was like a like oh my god I my body's been completely blown out and I don't know who I am and so I really felt like those 12 weeks were just they're such a fog to me. Yeah, like it's not like a oh I bonded so closely to my kid I mean I feel like the bonding for me really happened later. Yes. Those 12 weeks were just a fog of just, just like looking at my body and, and, and not knowing what was going on and figuring out breastfeeding and, and, you know, just taking a 15 minute shower, staring at the tile wall and hoping that the, the water didn't hit my boobs because yeah. they hurt so bad. So like, that's what the 12 weeks for me was, was like. So I, I can't even, you know, you hear about these countries that have like a year yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you will never go to a place like that, right? Like, that's just I, not, I would you, be in your, you would be surprised, yeah. yeah. But I hear yeah. about these Nordic lands that sound just like utopia of just right. like maternity and paternity <sighs> a year where you're so bonded with your baby. Yeah. Not America, not here. But, um, but it's great that we get... Yeah, it's better than what we had before. Which was, what was it before? Before, you know, outside of California, there was really no protective leave for, Oof, to care, just the, to bond for, just to even newborn. be there. Yeah, that's Like right. people were going back to work like a week or two later. Right, yeah, right, once they're, once they were no longer disabled. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. I, I already yeah. lost my mind when I was home. <laughs> well, some employers probably had more generous policies than what the what the law required. Right, but, but the fact but, that the law but, didn't require. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. Um, once parents return to work, is there um, is there some sort of bare minimum that employers are legally obligated to provide? Like, do employers have to provide like breast milk? Like, you get a break. For yeah. 15 minutes, or let's say somebody has to pump during a conference meeting or something. Like, how are employers supposed to be flexible with an incoming mom when she comes back to work? So th- that's going to depend. That's going to vary mm-hmm. state by state. There's really nothing under federal law that would, you know, cover everybody in the whole country. Um, here in California, we have a requirement that an employer reasonably has has to reasonably accommodate women who are needing to pump. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, there's some special rules about providing them a place where they can 
pump privately <laughs> that's something other than the bathroom stall oh, so been there. so we're lucky here in California um, but outside of California you really need to check you know, look into do some research and find out what what your state offers as far as protection if anything and then that's another good conversation to have with your employer before you come back to work if you know that you are going to be pumping mm -hmm. um, to, to talk to the, your employer about that and find out you know how that's gonna what kind of arrangements can be made Wow I hear these things that I'm like okay like pumping's loud but I, you know I was so again like working in Shondaland it's like oh no no like my they gave me another side of my trailer that my baby lived in and then yeah. I went back to my trailer every three hours and breastfed yeah no that's... I mean that is like and then the ADs would knock on my trailer and be like you think you're done you know so kind and lovely like how much longer and I'd be like I don't know I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And the whole crew of like, I don't know how many people it is, 150 people just waiting yeah. for me to be done. And thank God for trailblazers like Kerry Washington who came before me and just really set that precedent on the scandal set specifically that that was something to not feel bad about. Yeah. And Shonda was like, I oh God, I remember showing up at work when I told um, our line producer that I was pregnant and my trailer had a huge deck and stairs built in front of it that Shonda had built, um, had our carpentry department built because they didn't even want me going up and down trailer stairs pregnant because oh, wow. they didn't think it was safe. And you were like, I took a photo of it and I emailed it to Shonda and I was like, look what I got. I'm going to put flowers on it. It's like my deck. If I wasn't pregnant, it's like where you would smoke cigarettes in your 20s or whatever. <laughs> and she was like, she just wrote back, matriarchy with a ton <laughs> of exclamation points. Um, <laughs> Have you seen personally cases of harassment or discrimination against new parents? Have you seen that? Um, I I haven't real I haven't because I do defend yes. lawsuits. Yes. And I haven't seen those kinds of claims. Doesn't mean they don't exist. They just haven't passed by me. Got it. Um, but I'm sure that you know that people have brought these claims. Probably you know the the angle that i would imagine would probably be more like you know i took my leave and ever since i came back you know i've been mistreated and i'm being retaliated against for having a baby a baby yeah oof man so you counsel employers on developing on because you're on the other side you counsel employers on how to have good workplace practices exactly. how to avoid those types how to of avoid lawsuits. those types of lawsuits um <laughs> yes what have you seen like what what are the trends lately like i'm i know you mentioned that before there was i mean california seems to have always been good yeah so the trends that i'm seeing are and you know california is such a is really a trendsetter in a lot of this you know california what? will start yeah no california will start on some of these new laws and then you'll see uh progressively trickle yeah places. trickle maybe to washington oregon mm -hmm. some of the uh, some of the other states um, but for example one one recent law that just came into effect this year is that we now have in California if you work for an employer instead of having to work for an employer that has 50 or more employees you know within yes. the area where you work now it's they've reduced it so if you if there's 20 they're covered Oh, so, that's great. So that's a nice, yeah, that was that's a real benefit to people that work at smaller companies. Yeah. So that's something that I would expect to start seeing in some other states. That fifty as well. will be this number. That maybe people will shift lower it. Yeah. Lower I don't. It. I wouldn't expect that from our federal government, 
but from the, the local governments, um, you might be this your state local. You, you could begin to see more of that. Mm -hmm. Are there any other trends you're seeing happening? Like you the said, other, most likely yeah. we're not going to be sitting here in a year from now saying we got a year maternity. No, maternity. I don't. I don't. I don't envision that. The other thing that I'm seeing is is that more and more employers are just adopting policies that are more generous than what the law requires. Mm. You know, it may be that they're, you know, right now these these leaves by law only have, they don't have to be paid, but I'm seeing more and more employers starting to supplement um, the income that the employee receives through and like state disability and, and coordinating the state disability and then they will um, pay the difference between so that their employees actually earning the same that they were earning before oh they went on leave. Oh my God, that's so, that's would so, be great. Yeah, that's a nice benefit, and I'm seeing that more and more. Um, so that's you know that's another positive thing that we're seeing for employees in the workplace. That's great. Um, yeah. What are your tips that you have, Janet? Are there any tips for new parents returning to work? Like what all of this stuff. What could they do to prepare before coming back to work? So one of the things is, you know, it would certainly be, we talked about, you know, having discussions with your employer about what your needs might be as far as pumping. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is, is that, you know, you, you want to make sure that you, if your significant other or the mm -hmm. other parent isn't going to be home caring for your child, that you make arrangements, obviously, for 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 the right kind of childcare that's gonna that you're gonna use, um, and you also need to make sure that you now you're gonna be if you hire a, a nanny, mm -hmm. you're now gonna be an employer, oh and you want to make sure that you're familiar with your obligations as an employer towards your nanny. Yeah, fill me so, in on that, that Janet. That's a like topic I've never, for oh my gosh, <laughs> I've never felt like more of an adult. Then when, uh, then because I still am like I'm a parent, but I never felt more than a, more like an adult when Adam and I have a nighttime work event or something, and we come home and like pay the babysitter because I was a babysitter for so long. It, it's bizarre to me that I even have funds to pay somebody like and that I was just out and someone else like it just feels super adult and crazy yes. that I have someone that works for me that helps me care for my child. And, and there's and, and it takes some time to set everything up because you need to have like a, a state I am taxpayer ID yep, number. Yeah, you gotta. So you you definitely want to start. You know, all that stuff all early that on. early on. You know, shortly after the baby's born, and start looking and trying to get recommendations for for caretakers. Of course, and then backups also. Um, depending upon who your employer is, you know, some employers are, you know, really going to expect you to be, you know, back, back you know. So if the baby's um, sick for the first time or the nanny, excuse me, or the babysitter sick is sick or, or yeah. daycare is closed for the day or whatever it is, you have to figure out. Ugh. Yeah, have, have some backup. What are your yeah. tips? Do you give your um, employers how to welcome back a coworker to the office? Like, is there something that, you know, do they're like, this is your pumping room. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what, are the, what are the nice? Well, that's one thing to do would be to, you know, orient them to how things are going to work logistically if there's pumping. You mm -hmm. know, there's refrigerator, you know, I know. I just learned this. I pumped also at work, but I don't remember having to deal with this. But apparently, if you it's take because you your went whole, back right after twelve weeks and everything yeah. was still a fog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I definitely didn't have a refri 
there was no refrigerator for me to put my whole pump in, but we have an attorney who just came back from a pregnancy leave not long ago, and she has, there's a refrigerator, so she can, she puts the whole pump in the refrigerator, right. and then you don't have to clean it. So, I mean, just to have discussions with the, with the employee about what their needs are in that regard. And then what I would say is, is that you really, as an employer, you really want to treat everyone coming back from pregnancy leave as if they're your best employee. Um, oh, that's good to and, hear. And you want to do that because, it, you know, it's, it's good because it's, it's nice, it's compassionate. And it also is good because you want to make sure that you're kind of treating people the same. And you want to, if you've got some great employee, mm -hmm. that you want them to stay with you and be an employer that is, you know, welcoming and accommodating of mothers, mm -hmm. um, you want to you want to show them some compassion. I mean, it is like you know, before we went started recording, we were talking about you know the feeling when a new mother is you know driving back to work the first day, and I remember just the tears streaming oh down my. my face, thinking you know, not you know, you're you're putting your child in the hands of someone you hardly know, yep. and this is the yep. most precious thing you've ever had in your whole life. That's and, right. Um, it's a very difficult time for some mothers, not all. And just to try to, you know, give a little slack um, in, in the initial period, and you um, get back you on get the horse. Back. You do, Absolutely. but you do, but it, it is just the beginning that is a little bit. You know, you've had an intense, intense identity shift, um, an intense, intense hormonal shift, and you know, yeah, I think as compassionate and it will you do get through it and exactly. you do come on the other side and it does you end up able to kind of handle it all i mean there are just so many women i look up to you now included janet that <laughs> that really work and you are also mm -hmm. a mom and right. you are doing both that's right um and, and we're and these these women are such a valuable part of the workforce that hello if you yeah if you shut them down just because you know they're having a difficult couple months after having a child you're losing out on a on a really on years valuable, of an amazing exactly. relationship and an amazing employee that's right that's right, that's right. mic drop yep. on that <laughs> thank you so much for being here jan <laughs> i really welcome. appreciate it Thank you guys so much for listening to Katie's Crib. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. And also, if you go to the website shondaland.com and check out the crib notes, you can see a bunch of the different topics we discussed in today's episode. Get more info. So check out shondaland.com and subscribe to Katie's Crib. I got you, got you. Well, I want you, want you.